So welcome to the Expand What's Possible show. I'm so happy that you're back with us for another episode. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are talking about how I called in my wonderful husband and the manifesting steps that I took to get there. I have a darling friend who is going to interview me today. I'm once again the guest. She is my friend, Katie Chalcroft. And we met in December 2011 on a leadership retreat in South Africa. Our accents may confuse you because I'm South African and she is English from England. I hope you can differentiate when we speak because, yeah, there, there may be a bit of like an overlap. I'm just so grateful that she gets to interview me for this episode because she has been witness to my journey. She met me before I met my now husband and she knew I was doing the manifesting. I was talking to her about it. Then I told her when I met this guy and our journey, then of course she was at my wedding as well. And my wedding only had 40 people. Her and her husband were two of the 40 attendees. So I'm so happy. And my intention for you all is to truly believe in your dreams and that anything is possible. And if you are struggling now, trying to call in a loved one or even in your current relationship, I'm really hoping that this call can inspire you to expand what is possible, to allow in more because so much is available to you and for you for sure. So I'm handing over the mic now to my darling friend, Katie. The floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I think before I jump in and start asking you more about your journey, I think it might be helpful to clarify, how do we pronounce your name? Because I've been friends with you for 11 years. And I was thinking, so when I say it, is it Madnea? Madnea? So if you could just enlighten us. <laughs> I'm so happy you were honest about that um, because people do struggle with my name, Madania. Madania, I, I hear Madania, I hear um, Madania. People meet me, can I call you Maddie? Because I think it's just like overwhelming. And you know what? I really appreciate when people try. Like if you mispronounce my name, that's fine. But yeah, no Maddie, like Madania, Madanoodle, you know, whatever you want to call me, but just try. But it's Madania, Madania. <laughs> Madania, thank you. I think I met you as Noodle. Um, so. Okay, you, you have to share more about that because people are like, what? <laughs> that was on the leadership program all those years ago. A dear friend of ours called you Madanoodle. And so that name just stuck in my head. So I think of you as the queen of manifesting. And that's actually how I refer to you among some friends. So... <laughs> I would love it if you could just share a little bit about what does manifesting mean to you? Wow, thank you. I had no idea you call me the queen of manifesting with your friends. Thank you. And I forgot to mention as well that you are great, uh, amazing coach and facilitator as well. So it's it's really wonderful that you interviewing me because you would know, you know, that all important questions to ask to open up that expansion. So what is manifesting? I have a very simple definition. It is to make real. And then if I want to add on to that, it is intention plus guided action equals manifestation. Wow. I love that you have a formula for it. And just to make real really brings a lot of clarity. I think what I loved here is how you made real 
your husband. Because I remember back in the training room on this leadership program that we were a part of, there was a moment when you were telling us as a group of coaches about your vision. And I don't know if you can cast your mind back to that moment and and share with us a little bit about that journey of how you called him in. I have goosebumps (laughs) because I've not had to think about these things for a long time. I'm kind of like an observer. I feel like I have an outer body experience. I do remember, yes, the December I was calling in, you know, the one, as they say, and I was doing it for a couple of weeks. Then I just knew I was 29 at the time. I just knew that I'm ready to settle down. I felt really comfortable in myself, in my experiences, who I was as a person, who I am. I decided I'm going to throw all my manifesting at this. Everything that I've learned over the years, kind of named it an experiment, calling it my great love. And so I did all the things that I heard about. You know, I did the vision board with the pictures, very cliche, but I started there. And the way I do it is I flip through magazines and I set an intention that whatever I'm drawn to in this magazine is for me. And I remember seeing this happy couple, this bridal couple, they were jumping in the air, taking their wedding photos. And the guy had on funny socks. And I think the girl had on a pair of wayfarers. They just look so fun and so cool. Yeah. Wedding photos should be fun. Like, you know, your marriage should be fun. And so that picture was on there and other beautiful like words and images. So I was doing that every day, connecting to the pictures. I was running my fingers across the board to energetically and emotionally connect Nick to the image. And then I visualized four minutes a day as if, you know, act as if, as if I was in a happy, loving relationship and visualize us, you know, holding hands, going to the movies together, walking in the park. Actually, the most important step that I did take, this is actually the most, most, most important step. And I feel it's a step that a lot of people overlook. And that is to forgive your past. I actually made a list of all ex-boyfriends. You know, I was 29 at the time, so I've been in a few relationships. And I had to really do the forgiveness work around each relationship. Even if I thought there was no uh, residual charge, I still did it. You know, like I sent them love, blessings, said Louise Hay. I was doing her beautiful book, I Can Heal Your Life. You Can Heal you Your can Life. You Can Heal Your Life. There's a lot of talk about forgiveness work in there. So I was doing a lot of her forgiveness prayers and mantras. That just cleaned up so much energy in me so that I could call in this great love. Because if you are calling in someone and you still have all this residual gunk of old relationships, it's just going to be so wonky. It's going to be all over the place. You're going to be a mismatch in your vibration. And then I did a whole lot of um, other things as well. When I was thinking about us having this conversation, vision board is what came to mind. And I can even remember where you were in the room when you were sharing this. And it's so strange because I look back at photos of the training and I didn't even recognize some of the participants' faces. But I remember the moment you spoke about the vision board because the energy in the room changed. And that is the impact that you have with your word and when you share your wisdom. And it becomes a very clear memory within me or within the presence of those who are around you, because there is a wisdom that you are sharing that can change lives. 
Wow. I'm so grateful we're having this conversation. I had no idea about your experience of me sharing that. I actually forgot that I shared it with you in, in that capacity, <laughs> in the group. You know, I thought I shared it with you privately. Wow. And then I also wrote a gratitude list in the future as if I've already manifested my husband. I wrote, I'm so thankful that we're sitting on the couch. We're having dinner together. We're watching a movie and it's so cozy. I'm so grateful that he's so loving and caring and wonderful to me. You know, I'm so grateful that he's funny. We, we laugh a lot. So I read that list also every day, the future gratitude list. So I was very intentional. I was very clear. I was meditating every day at this point and I was very in tune with what I was calling in. It wasn't a frivolous list. Like, oh, I want him to be rich and hot and buff and six foot tall. It wasn't a list like that. It was very intentional, meaningful, and very much aligned with me. The more I visualized, the more I read the list, the more I connected with the vision board and I continued the forgiveness work and loving myself. I also did that. I'm looking in the mirror, doing that daily work. Um, I love you, Madania. I love you, Madanoodle. <laughs> I really, really love you. <laughs> that were some of the most important steps that I took to live the life that I now live with my wonderful husband. So what was some of the, the icky stuff that came up when you were doing these practices or some of the challenges that you came up against in yourself when you looked in the mirror and you were doing the self-love practices or when you were doing your Louise Hay mantras or when you were doing your vision board? What was some of that stuff? A part of me was thinking, this is stupid. <laughs> is this going to work? I even got a perfume sample from a men's magazine that I put on the pillow so that I could wake up and like smell, you know, the scent of a man, scent, earring, like taste. I did it all. I slept on one side of the bed more intentionally. Yeah, there was a part of me, a small part though, that thought this is silly and not having people around me, like in my household, I still lived at home at the time. I came back from travel, so I was living with my parents for a bit. And then you at the dinner table and they're asking you, you know, random questions about things. And then you're like, this is reality, you know, people like not believing in what I am seeing and being on retreat spaces with you and other amazing people. That was such feel for me. It was so great to be around people that thinks more expansively, but in my day to day, that wasn't necessarily the case. That was also challenging for me to keep the faith strong, to keep the vision and the voice inside really louder than naysayers around me, well-meaning, you know, they don't know they're doing anything wrong and how powerful their thoughts are, their beliefs are, their words are, because they're not doing the same work that we have done. So that was very challenging, calling in this bigger life while not necessarily living with people who thought bigger. Hmm. And what helped you keep that voice loud? Meditating every day. The intuitive nudges were so strong. My ability to tune into them was so heightened. So if I did not have a daily faith practice in whatever way that looks like for people, it's not necessarily meditation. If it's jogging, if it's running, if it's dancing, you know, I really, really invite everyone to cultivate a practice like that, a faith practice, spiritual practice, because when the voice and the vision inside is so strong, you're so connected to it, nothing else can come in. 
You can yell the things, but if that voice and vision is so strong, you see it in your mind's eye, you believe it, it's going to happen. It cannot not happen because that is from the light. That is from God. Whatever word you choose to, you say, your higher power, that is like a direct message that that is meant for you. Like, I just knew that that's not me, like in my limited human brain who had this idea. This was, hey, this is possible for you. I know you have the capability to manifest it. So make it happen, girl. <laughs> so I think we're all kind of dying to know how on earth did you make it happen from being in your parents' home, sleeping with the the perfume on the pillow next to you, smelling of this gorgeous man. How did you then get to meet your husband? The day after I came back from that leadership retreat, we were on seven days. So wonderful, you know, in a forested area, greenery was by the lake, I remember. So just like immersed in nature and having these deep conversations and exercises. And when I came back, something very interesting happened. The vision board was at home. I didn't bring it with on the retreat. (laughs) Although I was like doing the other visual exercises. So when I came home, I couldn't connect to the vision board anymore. It was the strangest thing. I actually turned it around and I didn't know what was happening, but I just, I couldn't connect with it anymore. I meditated, even the visualizations, it felt a bit wonky when I came back and I was so strong. I was doing it four or five weeks. In my meditation, I asked the question before I sat down to meditate, why can't I think about this guy anymore? And it popped into my mind immediately when I sat down because you already met him. And the exact picture of the guy popped in. You met him. He's Ishmael, who lives in New York, who you met in September. Mm. Wow. You knew. You had your answer. And that's why you can connect to the vision board. I did not know this piece of the story. So then what? You you have the name. You, I mean, tell us about when you met him, because I want to know about that. I freaked out. What? <laughs> 8,000 miles away? <laughs> <laughs> On my list, I said that he's going to be an international man. And I also wrote he's going to be based in Cape Town, South Africa, because there's a lot of international people in Cape Town, like you. You know, I met you in Cape Town. You're an international person. <laughs> So in September, I had a trip planned to New York, my second trip with my cousin, a friend and my sister. And so we were going to go for two weeks of vacation. I got an intuitive nudge. I just knew that I needed to change my flight, fly up the day before them. I know now that I have to follow those intuitive nudges. My life works way smoother when I follow them. So I did that. My family thought I was nuts, but they were like, okay. (laughs) So I flew up before them. And I also love my quiet time, you know, being alone. It's so meditative for me, you know, being on an airplane, no one can reach you. It's amazing. It's like a 24 hour journey. I love it. I was staying in a place and I saw a sign that said free comedy show in the lounge. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get dressed. I'll just do that, grab some dinner and I'll call it like a night. It was in the lounge. If it was not in the lounge of where I was staying at, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah, just trying to assimilate to time and time zones and all of that. And after the comedy show, it was okay. But there was one that was really great. And at the time I was working in radio. So I was going to a lot of comedy shows in South Africa. We always got complimentary tickets working in media. So I saw a lot of comedy. So I went up to this comedian after the show 
And I told him, hey, I work in radio in South Africa and I just want you to know that you were really like amazing, like you were really brilliant. And he was like, oh, wow, like, thank you so much. And yeah, we started to speak and that was Ishmael. <laughs> wow. So I made the vision board and all of that when I came back from New York, not realizing that I already met him. Nothing happened. We hung out twice. There was definitely a connection. We didn't kiss, like nothing like that. Because my family came the next day. So, you know, I was doing touristy things and that. But there was definitely a strong connection. But I also knew I already spent some time abroad that year. So my intention was like, oh, I want to be in South Africa. I want to plant some roots there and look forward to my next chapter. Whatever was brewing, I was trying, trying, trying to energetically close it off because I did feel something, but I was like, nope, my life is in South Africa. Clearly the universe had other plans for me. (laughs) Because you specifically said an international person who's based in Cape Town, right? So then you could like stay in Cape Town. So Cape Town and New York are pretty far away. How did you bridge that gap? And you had this moment where this name popped in your head when you're meditating and now you have this information. What next? And then I told my best friend what happened in meditation because she knew I was calling in um, my great love. And she encouraged me like to go back to New York. And she's like, you're the greatest manifester I know, like make it happen. And I'm like, oh, like I can only go, um, you know, summer the next year, like I have to save money. And she's like, no, you're going next month. She's like, you're going to make it happen. Like you are a great manifester. And she was so encouraging she actually looked up flights like while we were on the Skype call. She's like, oh, it's going to cost you so much. And da, 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 da. and she's like, when are you going to go? When are you going to go? <laughs> so this is December 2011. And I tried to pick the furthest date. I'm like, uh, January 31st. And I say, okay, I'm going to fly then. Yeah, I just came back from a big year of traveling and I was abroad. So everything I was doing for the list I did now to manifest the flight back to New York. <laughs> and so so I imagined, you know, the the luggage wheels in the airport. I imagined hearing the subway noises and just all of that, the sounds, the smells of New York City, the busyness. And again, I thought like, oh, how's this going to happen? This is not going to happen because I resigned from radio also. So there wasn't like a consistent income. And I get a call a couple of weeks into doing all this visualization again from the, I don't want to say. Um, Confidentiality. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now I'm going to say, because it, it is part of the story. I get a call from the Abu Dhabi royal family. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> So I did some work with their family in the summer and I get a call from them to say that the head of the family, he's in Cape Town and he's looking for a few assistance. He's there for like um, a couple of days, like just to help him oversee his trip. So we in the lobby of the hotel and he talks to me. He asked me, can I read your palm? Okay. I've never had this before. I'm not sure like, you know, if he's like kidding around and I had no idea he could like touch my hand. I wasn't sure of, you know, customs and that. And he's like, Oh, you like raise my one finger. Oh, I can see you really smart. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> oh yeah. I wasn't sure what is happening. And then the second one is like, Oh, I 
see that something about my career, I can't remember what he said exactly. Like, oh, you're like moving into like a new chapter or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, just kind of came back from travels, I resigned from radio. So now I'm kind of open to what's next. And then he's like, oh, I can see you saving money for something. I was like, oh my God. Yes. I said, oh, I want to go to New York. I just feel like I need to go there. Before I could even like finish what I was saying, he's like, Khalas, don't worry about it. I'll buy you a flight. <laughs> Extraordinary. I mean, how can you not be called the queen of manifesting? <laughs> and then he moves to the next finger. And I don't know what he's even saying, because I'm like, wait, what? You, you're going to buy me a flight? He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's kind of as if, don't worry, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. It was that energy. And I was like, whoa, this is like, wow. And I ran up to the hotel room. I called my friend, Kerry. Oh my God, Kerry, you'll never believe this. The head of the family just said, oh, you buy me a ticket to New York. Yeah, she was like so happy for me. And we were like screaming on the phone. She's like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. So happy for you. And then it's so interesting what happened right afterwards. I doubted that. Because I was like, is he going to forget? He's a really busy man. Like, you know, you can't just like go up to him and speak to him. I can't just ask him this tomorrow. Yeah, maybe he forgets. So funny how those negative thoughts come, you know, when you finally get your manifestation. And the next morning when I came down for breakfast, his assistant came up to me and he said, his excellency said, I should book you a flight to New York. When do you want to leave? And I said, January 31st. Wow. As an observer to the story, I am self in awe. The power of visualization, intention, and being guided by your intuitive nudges. Absolute magic. And yes, today's date is January 31st. It was not planned. Not at all. The episode was always meant to be released today. So 10 years ago today, I got onto a plane to my new life. In part two next week, I share how that two-week trip turned into five months, my Skype marriage proposal, and so much more. I'll also share some daily practices we do together to continue to have a fun and meaningful marriage. And you've been asking me this for a long, long time. And finally, it is here. So keep your eyes and your ears peeled for my upcoming manifesting bootcamp. It's happening in mid-February. I know many of you have been asking me this for many years, actually. And I am ready, ready, ready to pour into you and whew, just really infuse you with absolute vision and power as well for you to manifest your big dream. So keep your eyes open for that one. And please share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Especially as this is a new show, rating and reviewing help suggested to people who would adore this message as I think you did. That's why you're still listening. So if you enjoyed it, then please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to them. If you are ready to expand what's possible and interested in me being your one-on-one -on -one coach, please book a time to connect to see if we are a match. And if Facebook is your thing, Every Friday, I do free energy clearings in my Facebook group with the same name, Expand What's Possible. All details in show notes, including my guest, 